630 Chad This Morning Podcast with Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre. And a lot of conversations being had, whether it's at your dinner table, whether it's with your kids, whether it's with your family members about the debate over transgender healthcare, notifications, pronouns. It's a difficult conversation. And I, I think a lot of people are going into this with perhaps preconceived notions on 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 their definition of gender and, and perhaps their beliefs and and I, I don't know how many um, go and go to the Google machine and actually you know hear stories about, about trans people and uh, you know read facts about what's happening in their bodies and 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 they're in their minds and so a lot of questions have been asked and uh once the announcement came from danielle smith she'd mentioned a number of things in that initial twitter video and then subsequently uh about justifications and what we're going to do and uh, and what ages this is appropriate what is not and you did get a few uh, a number of medical professionals saying well there's there's some some uh, some ideas there that are not correct. So we wanted to go through and run through some of these uh, medical questions about what is being proposed, what is true, what is not, the justification, mm-hmm. justifications that are true, what are not. So we needed a little help. Dr. Tassine Lada is going to help us out, a pediatrician and assistant professor at the Faculty of Medicine and Dentistry at the University of Alberta. Dr. Lada, thank you so much for your time. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. It's been a tough a bunch of conversations and usually emotionally charged ones the last little while. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's stemming from um, some misinformation in the way these policies were presented. Um, I, you know, I think the policies um, mentioned a lot of things about causing irreversible or sorry, um, yeah, irreversible harm uh, to children and interfering with their development and their growth and 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 those statements are are actually not true. Um, so the hormone blockers that that are being discussed and are being prevented um, to be used are actually reversible uh, and have limited side effects and have been used for decades for other medical conditions. Um, and so I think there's a lot of misinformation. Um, there's a lot of framing of this as an ideological issue, and there's a lot of. Uh, reach by government into a relationship between a medical professional and a patient, which shouldn't occur. Uh, let me ask you first about the, the pu- hormone blockers or the puberty blockers. I'm not sure if there are different levels of them because that's not my area of expertise. But if, if mm-hmm. you delay the onset of puberty until somebody makes a decision, maybe they don't make a decision until they're 17 or 18 or 19, are you then going through puberty and everything that it brings at the age of 17, 18 and 19? And do you revert exactly back to normal? Because that seems like that would be a lot. Yes, no, that's right. So once you stop a hormone blocker or a pubertal blocker, and there aren't really different levels, there's one main one that that is used. Uh, Once you stop it, puberty progresses as it would if you were a younger child. And um, I think one of the important points here is that banning the use of hormone blockers below the age of 16 means that most adolescents have already gone through puberty um, at the time when we would be permitted to use pubertal blockers so they would no longer be effective. Um, And if we're waiting until 16 to use them uh, and puberty has already occurred, there's actually an increased risk that transgender individuals would need or pursue more invasive techniques such as surgery because they've already developed the physical characteristics associated with their biologic sex. 
So uh, a family decides to undertake um, these hormone blockers. Um, they they want to sort of halt puberty because what they see in the mirror is not what they feel in in their mind. Uh, they don't. The reflection doesn't reflect who they think that they are. Um, what kind of process does that take? Is it a, is it immediate? Is it is this sort of a just a, a progression or how does one's body react? So, uh, in terms of responding to the hormonal blockers, it's it's um, they work fairly quickly. But in terms of the process of getting to the hormone blockers, it's a well vetted, um, very. Uh, you know, evidence-based controlled process in that there's an emphasis on parental support, there's exploration with the, the adolescent about whether their gender diversity or gender dysphoria has been marked, whether it's been sustained over years, um, whether they express a clear goal of, of um, medical affirming gender care. Um, and if all of those criteria are met and they've seen a mental health professional, only then are they referred to pediatric specialists, endocrinologists who can prescribe these hormone blockers. Um, so it's quite uh, 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 well vetted and diligent process already. Um, and a lot of things occur before hormone blockers are actually initiated. And some um, adolescents simply want a social transition. They just want to use the pronouns of their choice and uh, express their gender in different ways. Uh, there's a lot that's been made up of, uh, you know, kids, uh, when I was 16, I made some pretty dumb choices or I didn't understand mm-hmm. the ramifications. I didn't understand what was going to happen. You're a medical professional, not a, not a psychological professional, I would, I would mm-hmm. assume. But mm-hmm. when you hear people talking about that, is there not some merit to go on, boy, these are big decisions that young kids uh, are, are making and, mm-hmm. and really should they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a good question. It's a great question. I think this is, again, um, one of those myths that's floating around is that uh, these um, children, these adolescents are being unduly influenced and making frivolous decisions about their gender. In my clinical experience, because I have seen transgender youth in my practice, um, they have had sustained gender dysphoria since preschool age. They're families, their parents, their caregivers, and they themselves will report to me that they have felt this way from a very, very young age. Um, I am not seeing, nor have I heard of, teens who frivolously make this decision to gender transition. And if that was the case, um, this would be found out in the medical process because, as I said, there are mental health professionals engaged um, in assessing this. Uh, There is a period of time in which we're um, really investigating, um, really collaborating with the family and the patient to make sure that this has been a sustained um, and consistent issue. Um, And you know, the thing about hormone blockers is that they actually provide an adolescent with time um, when they're not being pressured by those immediate physical changes of puberty. It provides them with that time to really understand the consequences of what will happen if they go on with further invasive treatment. and like I said, can prevent them from pursuing surgery in the future um, by preventing them from having those physical changes associated with puberty. So the Canadian Pediatric Society came out against these these new policies. Uh, we're hearing your voice. You have 
talked and treated transgender patients, but there's still an element of society who will bring their kid to you for care because they trust your opinion, but yet dismiss what you're saying now. And you know, I what I have found is that um, families of transgender youth, although they may not have been open to the idea before, after seeing their child um, for over a decade struggle with these issues, um, and then see how happy they are when they're able to even socially transition and use different pronouns, um, have actually understood the impact that gender-affirming care can have on their children. They've witnessed the discrimination, they've witnessed um, the anxiety, the depression that these youth experience. And so I think most families that are supportive um, and are safe uh, do tend to um, have insight into what is going on if they have a transgender child themselves. Dr. Lada, thanks so much for uh, uh, your comments and for for, talking about some of these issues with us. Really appreciate your time this morning. Happy to be here. Thank you. Take care. Uh, Dr. Tassine Lada is a pediatrician and assistant professor in the Faculty of Medicine and Dentistry here at the U of A in Edmonton. And when she mentioned that uh, some of these kids talk about this preschool age, I talked to uh, a a transgender child while I was uh, reporting at at a TV station, and his mom told the story of when he was three or four years old, um, biologically born a girl, and him asking his mom, Mom, can I go back in your tummy so I can come back as a boy? And so for people who, who are saying, well, this doesn't happen, this doesn't, you have to hear these stories is important. Uh, there, are pe- there are stories out there, of course, people who are talking about regretting uh, some of the decisions that they made, but these hormone blockers, as uh, Dr. Lada mentioned, is a temporary thing if, if indeed there is a mind change and often there isn't, but sometimes there is, and it, it just sort of puts a pause on things. And it, once they stop taking these pills, then then things will progress. The body will do as as it does. So it, it just food for thought, and and just some medical facts for you this morning.